0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? It's your host, Rod G. At the Icon Life Chop Shop, talking all things women's football with my co-host today, Michelle Marshall, Ingrid Cleveland, and D. Tiffany Ware. Welcome to the Chop Shop. So, Michelle Marshall, please tell me why you play football.
2: Well, hey, um, that's a loaded question. Um, I think a lot of us have a lot of different reasons for playing, um, but the competition is probably at the top of everyone's list. Um, grew up playing sports, and I love the camaraderie. I love a sisterhood. I love being a part of a team and uh, football gives all those things. Um, But uh, on the top of the list, competition and challenge and football is a great sport for that. It's always changing. You can always improve and it gives you that challenge. Um, So it's, it's a great package. So that's why I play.
1: Great. Ingrid, why do you play football?
0: Yes, so I play football merely um, because it is an outlet for me from life. Uh, It's definitely stress-relieving, adrenaline rushing, and fun to be a playmaker on the field. Everything is pretty much a learning experience and an opportunity for most things and pretty much a different vibe for me as far as being around all my other sister footballers that are out there with the same grind, passion, and everything for the game.
1: Tiffany, Ware, Why do you play football?
3: So funny story. I uh, started playing football because I was looking for something to do. I thought it was the program at the YMCA. I saw a bunch of girls running around in helmets outside, and it looked like it was pretty cool. So I kind of just fell into football. I was a basketball player, and I was doing field hockey. And so now, now that I've been playing for like seven years, I definitely play. Can I come? I played a smack of itch, Like honestly. I, I like to hit people, and that's the only place I can hit people and not go to jail. And I also play for the competition, and I also like the fact that it teaches me a lot of life lessons and the camaraderie. I've met a lot of amazing
1: women over the
3: years playing football, which I've got to create, you know, friendships and relationships and stuff with. So that's why I play football.
1: Man, it's hard to me. it's hard for me to imagine you being a basketball player. You had to be there. I was.
3: I was a shooting guy. I I played in high school and a year in college. Hey,
1: hey, I hey. only
3: found out. Hey, you,
1: you don't because I'm hitting people. You don't have to explain anything to me. I, I I completely understand. I just said it was hard for me to imagine you being a basketball player. So, ladies, uh, the first topic of the day. It's really simple. Uh, do you think? That women's football needs to establish a baseline for competition. And when I say a baseline, I want you guys to think about Major League Baseball and how they have Double AA, A, Triple A, Single A, the major leagues.
0: Most definitely, uh, I, I believe that there is a hierarchy of how things are or should be set up. And if there's just like those those entry level players that are just getting started, you know, they might not be at a certain level, um, you know, of, of play as far as football. So they probably need to start from the basics or at least be given the opportunity to try and perfect their craft a little bit more. So at least they can start at a certain level where there's others that are like them. And then once they stand out and they're ready, they can move up another level. At least that's from how I see it from my perspective.
1: Now, Marshall, you and I have talked about hierarchies before. I know you had something to say about this.
2: Oh, yeah, you know I do. Uh, this is a hard <laughs> question because it's a hard answer more so because you look at the sport for women in particular, and, yeah, people can argue it's been around for quite some time, um, but really the momentum has not been that far back. Um, there's, there's so many leagues, um, and when you look at the product, there's so many different types of products. Um, when you look at different, um, different you know, even places in the United States where it's available, um, you know, a product of 11 man in one state versus a product of 11 man in another state, it could be a world of a difference. Um, same to be said for seven or eight men. Um, and uh, the speed of the game can be a world of a difference. Um, and for, those, for one team to play another team across country may not make any sense. Um, and that's just a testament to the type of women that are being attracted to the game. So you have um, one woman that maybe has three kids, and they find the game at 40 years old. Because why would they find the game? It's not readily available in a lot of places. Um, and so maybe they find it at 40 years old, and this is the first time that they've ever been able to play. And they're teaching their, their, their six-year-old to play football for the first time. And, and it's a very weird experience for them. But they want to be a part of a sisterhood and a camaraderie. But are they going to be the type of product that is probably worth paying in the future? No. You know, um, but a, an 18-year-old that happened to play high school ball, that has been developing and flag football, has been doing competitive flag football for some years, may, you know, in the next couple of years, play NAIA flag football Um, and then may be able to take themselves to a JUCO level or something like that. Um, There's there's lots of that type of athlete. Should they be maybe paid in the future, professional type of athlete? Yeah, but because there's everything on the board um, and all kinds of ages and people finally trying to get into the sport as women um, and there's people of all different types of occupations um, that are willing to make different types of sacrifices, um, I think it's, it's at some point it's going to be necessary to have developmental leagues and then maybe a semi-professional and then a professional type of league. Um, farm it out somehow. Um, will it be something that will be immediate? I don't think so because of women empowerment. There's this idea that we should all be equal and we should all be able to have the same um, you know the, the same abilities and be able to have the same opportunities. Um, so. A very loaded answer. Um, I'd like to say in general that it needs to happen at some point in time. It should happen, um, but will it happen is a much more difficult question.
1: Yeah, or much difficult more answer. Tiff, where? How you feel about this?
3: Girl, Michelle just said it all. Pretty much the same thing I was going to say. You know, like it would be great. You know, if we could have different levels like that. But like she said, the biggest thing is people are finding football at, you know, different ages. I know for myself, I found football, I was like 26 or something like that, somewhere in there. You know, I was late. You know, now what I will say is what I would like to see, if we could start getting some kind of feeder system, like, you know, getting flag football for girls into high school or even getting more little girls to participate in like little league football and things like that so that we're not starting so late. I definitely think that having a, um a system like baseball would work for us. But again, that's now we've got to get the girls to want to play younger and earlier so that we can start building the foundation way earlier so that what we're building and the product that we're building mimics like what baseball and the NFL and, you know, the NBA and everybody else is doing.
1: Now, one of the things that I've heard you guys say is about the product on the field. So because there isn't a hierarchy or there isn't a baseline for this sport, do you guys believe that the product, the quality uh, is affected? And is it affected long term?
3: I definitely think so. I will say this. I've played for um, multiple teams, and, you know, I've got some – I've been on teams where we have been, like, highly successful, and, you know, because of the different – I guess the different type of coaching and um, the things that were available to one team weren't available to another team. I've also been on teams where I've been smacked, like, every week literally, like, 70 to zero all the time, and because we had nothing but, like, you know, I'm not going to say unknowledgeable, but new people to the game, and everybody's literally trying to learn together, so when we went to go play, like, teams that are in, like, Dallas or Arlington or in Austin, you know, it was rough compared to what we when we're playing somebody who's in, let's say, like, Louisiana.
1: And one of the reasons why I ask the question is because I follow a lot of football, and even if I look at uh, the WFA, for instance, I believe that's where the Austin Outlaws are are located. You know, you have the Houston Energy. You have a team in Dallas. You had a team in Waco. But you have first-year teams playing five-year, six-year teams, and it just doesn't seem to be fair. But they only do it because of minimizing the travel. Now, for me, in yeah. my opinion, when you think about it like that and you say, well, well I'm going to let you guys crush them, minimize the travel, that's not getting these teams ready for playoff football when, it, when it's time for them to get to playoff football because they spent their yeah. regular season playing teams who are of lesser value.
3: Oh, definitely. But, you know, you also think vice versa, um, because I've been on a team that's like that. When you've got – you're getting smashed every week, it brings down the team morale. So then at that point, it makes it hard for you to not only recruit Because now you're looked at as all you have is a losing season, but then you have people who essentially don't want to return as well because they're like, oh, no, this isn't for me because all they did was get beat up on.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now uh, we're going to go on to topic number two, and we're talking uniform. So uh, what do you guys have to give up? What do you guys feel like you have to give up in order to get – A thousand fans in the seats. You know, do you think the traditional uniform uh, is good enough for you to get the thousand fans in the seats, or do you feel like you have to be in something uh, shorter than that, something sleeker than that? Uh, In some instances, you do see the X League or the LFL in short shorts and halter tops. Do you feel that you have to compromise uniform? to get fan support.
0: Michelle, you can
2: go first. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know I have an opinion on this. Uh, um, and some people that might be listening to this, maybe they don't know my past. Um, I'm somebody that's worn all the uniforms, um, including that bikini in, in the LSL, um, and 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 had that feeling putting that on for the first time and, and thinking to myself, am I a football player now wearing this? Um, it's degrading. It's frustrating. Um, but yet you walk out onto the field and you feel the fans and you feel that turf and you score a touchdown and you're like, yeah, this is football. Um, but yet then you get a text message. My very first game that I played in that uniform, I got a text message in the airport um, in Seattle from my dad um, and he had found me on thechive.com, rating my ass. And he said, is, is this really what you want to be doing? You're in the middle of becoming an attorney. And is this really what you want to be doing with your life? And it hit me hard. It hit me real hard because I had scored a touchdown. I had lost my ass to Seattle Miss. But I, it was my first game in the LFL, and I had performed – you know, to the best of my ability and had fun and uh, had something to build on with my sisterhood, you know, with my team, and to hear that from my dad, it, it's a hard thing. Wearing that uniform, going to, you know, it, trying to recruit people, trying to tell your coworkers to come, it's, it's horrible. It's a degrading and demeaning feeling. Um, none of us like it, no matter how we twist it when we're involved in it. Nobody in the LSL likes those uniforms. But the one takeaway I will say from that, it gave me a taste that you can feel like a woman and you can feel feminine, but still play football. And that was a different feeling for me. When I had first put, I, one time I put on a girdle and I said, never again. I would never put on that thing. It's, you feel like it needs and I said, what the hell is this? No, this doesn't belong. We are women trying to put on men's clothes to play a men's sport. That's what we just were doing with this. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And that, for the whole experience, to the you know, the whole end of the spectrum that I experienced in a bikini playing football in the LFL, it did wake me up to the fact the fact that you can still feel feminine and maybe there is a place in the uniform that a woman can feel feminine and play a women's sport, not a men's sport anymore. It's a female sport in a female uniform. And yeah. I think that, that eight man league, the IWFA, there are leagues that are starting to key into that. How can this be more appropriate to fit a female and make them feel comfortable in how they're playing. And it, it's going to be about the product at the end of the day. Uniform's part of the product. But I think that there's a magic key that nobody has completely figured out yet that is a woman's uniform to play a woman's sport. That's all I'll say about it.
1: Ingrid, how you feel?
2: ooh
0: I agree. Uh, you know, it's, it's really, it seems like it's, it's more about the attraction, you know, the publicity of things, how like I see from what I've seen is I did watch some LFL um, games on YouTube and everything like that, like noticing who they were having in the interviews to, you know, the weekly plays that they were putting out there or the wow weeks or whatever they were called. And just noticing like how they looked, you know, most of them were wearing makeup and everything like that. And I'm just like, I, you know, I'm really trying to understand this, this whole culture of how they're they're doing things on their end, because I wasn't used to that. That's not how I came into the football world. But I had to respect it because watching them, it's like, okay, well, they still got some hard hitters. They still have elite players that are playing. And I'm just like, I just don't understand. I'm watching one girl get her panties pulled down, another girl's boob falls out her bra. And I'm like, "Um, I don't know how I would feel necessarily about that, but I'm pretty sure they're so caught up into the game itself. They're not worried about that wardrobe malfunction. But at the same time, it's like, You know, are these men that are mostly the percentage of people that are watching their game because they're in bikinis and stuff like that, you know, do they remember how many touchdowns that Michelle got in a game? Do they remember everything like that? Or are they just, you know, seeing the assets of the game? Like, is that what's mostly selling the tickets? Is that what's, you know, getting the numbers? So I'm thinking, like, most of it comes from attraction and, you know, the whole sex sales, quote-unquote, thing and, every time I even tell somebody I play football, that's the first thing they think of. They're like, Oh, so you're in the lingerie league. I'm like, no, I, I wear full pads. I'm fully, you know, clothed. I have the body for it, but that's not something I particularly would go for, even though I did try out um, like a few years back for the Austin Acoustics when they were that name, but you know, meeting Michelle, meeting Cass, meeting Leilani and all them. It's just like, they're still women. And they're, they're definitely the women that, that made a name for themselves. And, and expanded the the world of football anyway so I respected them for their game and I was honored to play with them even on a regular season and I was like I don't see any difference in it so when it comes to just the you know traditional uniform versus something that you know maybe it comes down to sports bra and some spandex or tights or anything like that as long as we're out there playing the games you know we'll figure it out but I guess that's just a the big question is like, what does it come down to? Like, what are we willing to sacrifice in order to get those numbers?
1: Now, Tiff, where you're a larger woman. How do you feel it about is. the sacrifice?
3: So I will say this back in my thoughts the days when I first started playing football in the SSFL, you know, we had to wear those two and a half inch biker shorts with a sports bra. And, I had all my sweet Hawaiian roles out there. And at first I was uncomfortable, but then, you know, I was, I was doing me. So I, I kind of liked it. I liked the fact that we were being sexy. We were required to wear makeup and do the lashes. So for the longest, I wouldn't say for at least the first four years that I played football, I I wore makeup and did the, all the little scandalous looking clothes. Now that I look back on it though, I was like, Oh, that was kind of in bad taste, but, Because it looked really bad, especially when I played center. And anybody who's ever seen me knows that I have a whole lot of ass. And those shorts always got lost somewhere in there between bending down. And when you're in the middle of the game, I know for me, I'm not going to keep pulling those bad boys out. And I will say that my dad also saw me playing a game in the shorts and all that stuff. And, you know, he was not happy with the fact that my whole derriere was pretty much all out there and you just see it traipsing down the field. Now I will say I've also worn an 11 man uniform too. And I mean, the 11 man uniform is cool. Don't get me wrong. But again, I have a lot of ass and I'm a larger woman. So the, the pants and things, the way that they're made, they're made to fit uh, a man. man. And so that doesn't necessarily agree with my body and whatnot. So, and then when I made the transition to IWFA, I think like Michelle said, that they're they're starting to key in and get it right. I definitely like the, the sleeker look. Um, I think over time, I think just in general, people's mindsets are starting to evolve about women's football and the uniform too. You know, yes, sex sells and that's how you're initially going to get people in is if you you got something to to semi look at you know what I'm saying um but I I think that once we get to a place where you know we can find a happy medium of seeing you know the strength of a woman but also keeping it you know keeping it cute because like Michelle said we are women we want to we want to feel feminine. Now, I don't agree with what she said about the girdle because a girl needs her girdle. I I like my girdle, <laughs> but <laughs> girl, I play on the line. Some people be hitting you in the knees and in the in the thighs and stuff. I need that. It's you know it gets oh, rough no. up there with us big people. That's the what front. knee pads are for. Girl, the knee pads don't do nothing. I need the whole shebang. I need the the armor of God up there to protect everything <laughs> <them. laughs>
1: <laughs> So, so uh, overall, so overall, you guys feel like uh, the sleeker uniform is the future of the foo- of women's football, or finding a uniform oh, that's more 11, com- finding a uniform that's more compatible with the woman's body. Because for me, yes. when I look at when I look at an eleven man uniform, football pants are just not made for women. Period, and oh. and that's how I feel, <laughs> you know. They don't have, you know, there's always a big part of the middle squunched up uh, because (laughs) they're just not, they're they're not made for them. So, you know, finding an alternative, a sleeker, more appealing alternative, I believe will, you know, be the great, will be be for the greater good of the sport. Um, But, again... We still didn't answer what gets what gets people in the seats, uniform or the play. You think you uniform, you think the uniform is going to get the people in the seats, or you know your play?
3: It's going to have to be. I a think play. it's a combination of
0: both, or or yeah, I would, I can agree with both as well.
1: Because I can tell you guys, uh, at one point in time, uh, I myself was a coach in the LFL, and. I witnessed a young lady who her coworkers were coming to a game. And at the time, we were wearing tights and we switched over to shorts that day. And she refused to play. And I respect her for her sense. I respect her for her stance because she wasn't prepared for it. You know, sometimes you could say, hey, man, the player let the team down. But for her, it was an integrity issue. Mm -hmm. This, This was a player that always came to practice. This was a player that always did her job. This was a player that was a captain on the team. And it went from us wearing tights to them wearing booty shorts. And she opted out.
0: Yeah, I and mean, if you have, you know, your supporters is like family, you know, even I don't know as far as like the, the age range of kids that could be at the game. But just, you know, if I see that there's a even a little girl the age of 10, 11 watching me and I'm half naked, I don't want her to think that that's okay to, to be like that, to get noticed as a an athlete, a, a woman athlete at that. I don't want to be idolized that at all, like some sort of eye candy. You know, I want to be known for my game, known for
3: my stats and what I'm doing on the field, not because of how I look necessarily. Yep, exactly. I know for myself, when I first started playing, when I had to wear the, the smaller uniform, I didn't let my son come to the games. My son didn't start coming to football games until I started playing 11-man football when I had on more clothes. Wow. Wow. And, and I, didn't, I didn't invite my coworkers either. They were not invited to see me to play football.
1: Same. So why did you play? When I played in the LFL,
2: it was such a hard thing playing in the LFL, being an attorney. I didn't want to tell anybody. I kept it a separate life. I didn't add any of my any people from my attorney life onto my Facebook until I knew that they would accept that part of me. I felt ashamed a lot of times. And it's like, why could you ever feel ashamed that you're playing football? I was ashamed that they would not take me seriously. That I – because, you know, things are still old school a lot in Texas. This is in a large part of the country, mm-hmm. in a lot of places. And in, in a courtroom, you don't have tattoos. There are certain things that you still don't do. And I thought I wouldn't get the right kind of job. I wouldn't, I was ashamed of it. I wouldn't invite my coworkers. My dad finally came to a game and I about cried, but for the longest time, my family, my family's still ashamed. I think that I played in the LFL. Um, it's a hard thing. And, but you know what I will say, Rod, I remember that game. that that person decided to not play. None of us could blame her. All of us understood. Um, and I remember very specifically, I'll never forget it, walking out and feeling so embarrassed, being in the trust, being ready to come out for warm-ups where they still have all the lights on in the stadiums. You can see how many fans you have. And I, won- that I swear to you, out of all the LFL games I played in five seasons, that is the most fans we ever had in the stands was for that game. When they thought, all of those fans, that we were going to wear pants. We had started to wear pants. We had told people that we were wearing pants. We were proud of the fact that we were wearing pants. We were moving a step forward. We had marketed the shit out of it. We had told our coworkers, our family, our friends, everybody, and told them to bring their children and all of the opposite of what we did when we wore bikini. And then they changed it on us. And we felt so embarrassed, and I remember looking out at those stands, and I, and I looked at the girl next to me, and I said, have you ever seen that many children and women at our games before? And we went out for warm-ups, and we were all embarrassed, and so that tells That's me cute. that there's still an opportunity here. There's still an opportunity that we can get just as much support from people of being proud of what we're wearing and being comfortable in what we're wearing, and it not have to be right. that, that yeah Mm -hmm. most definitely
1: now you know since we talked uniform now we're going to go ahead and talk travel and when i when i talk about travel when i say travel i mean how much if you guys were to put a dollar amount on what you spend playing football because some of you guys live in different cities some of you guys commute to different cities uh just for the game of football, just to play with a specific team, uh, how much would you say that you play, you pay to play this game every year?
0: I try not to and think for, about it, honestly.
1: And for players, Ooh, like I, needed, I don't want to think
0: just, about it. Hey. <laughs> I try not to think about. It. I literally that that was probably like the hardest one for me to have an answer to because I'm like, you know what? I always look forward to tax season because <laughs> that is definitely uh, <laughs> when you're a single mother out here <laughs> and you still trying uh, to accommodate for something that you love to do, it all goes out the window. It's just like what can I do? Like how what is some fundraising? Like I, and there's so many you know, we have so many talented people on our team that they create shirts, you know, they do tattoos, they they have so much that they do on the outside of football that they're able to sponsor themselves. So it's easier. And, you know, collectively, we just, we all help each other as far as traveling with each other. We'll just pitch in if somebody's driving somewhere. Like I've always stayed within my market of football as far as Texas region. Um, you know, just from being from San Antonio and traveling to Austin. So it's not that much. It doesn't put a ding in my pocket that much, but like flying maybe to a whole other state or something like that. Like I've only probably experienced a couple of times and it's been between at least three or $400 just collectively, just to make sure like I'm good and I have emergency fund in case something happens. So it's not too, too much for me, but I can just only imagine for anybody else that's been playing, you know,
3: for decades. <laughs> If I gotta say this it it puts a dent in our pocket, like baby, because there's two of us playing in my house. So, like between travel now leaving from Houston to travel to Austin, even though it's only you know a two hour ride, all that gas and the mileage on our cars adds up. And then you know we're a little bougie, so I like to upgrade my gear, not quite every year, but maybe every other year i feel like i buy new cleats probably almost every season and um jesus i don't know we just spend so much money i know i know at least last season i probably spent maybe a $1000 just on myself and i'm probably being nice uh with it because uh, me and now uh, we also play on two teams. So, you know, we're playing in Austin, and we also play in Houston, and then every once in a while we go make a guest appearance on a third team. Wow. It gets expensive, but I I do it because I love it. Now, what I will say is, like Ingrid said, there are people who are in your corner. I'm telling you that first season that we played with the Ravens, the only reason why we were able to play because our teammates used to pool together money and send it to us for us to travel to the games. We could not afford to play. Somebody else paid for all of our uniforms. They paid for our travel. They used to feed us. Um, Vic, Vic used to house us all the time. Like it was insane. It was insane. But we loved it so much. We were willing to you know make the sacrifices and. Apparently, our teammates love us a lot too. So they were willing to, you know, make sacrifices with us to make it happen. And I think, hell yeah, we were trying to see some dead bodies.
0: You know what I'm saying?
3: (laughs) You're right, because there was another team talking about they was gonna pay us. I was like, ooh, babe, we might need to look at that.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, uh, Marshall, Marshall, I know you are one of these one of those people who have definitely sacrificed a lot for this game. I mean, if you were to put a dollar amount on it on a season, tell me how much do you actually really pay to play football
2: is It's dependent. Um, I think all over the country, there's all kinds of different scenarios of people paying thousands of dollars to play. I've definitely been uh, in that seat before in my career. Um, my first season playing football, I didn't know what to expect. Um, That season, I ended up paying upwards of $1,600 to play um, between paying for, you know, tickets that I couldn't sell um, because they'd require, you know, 20 tickets every game or 10 tickets at least every game and, um, you know, on top of uh, just a game fee to pay for the rest and on top of uniform fees and helmet fees and all of the rest, um, I, I, and travel fees. I know it was upwards of $1,600 my very first season. Um, and then I had an interesting experience in, in playing one season for the Atlanta team and the LFL and traveling from Austin, Texas on a Friday afternoon, spending the whole weekend in a different state, um, and, and playing in different states all over the country. Um, and experiencing what that would put onto my budget. Um, and I ended up uh, spending um, upwards of about 2800 to $3,000, somewhere in that range that season. Um, and uh, looking back, it was painful for me to look at that, you know, that effect. I, I did gain quite a few miles uh, on my, my Southwest card and things like that um, that I was able to utilize later, <laughs> but uh, – yeah. I don't know how much value that was in, in the long term. I, you know, between hotels, even you split hotels with, with four other girls that are doing the same thing and you try to get, you know, airline tickets here and there, um, that the league promises they'll, they'll pay for the coaches promise you they'll pay for. And then they even to for a couple hundred. And so that's why I think it was around 2,800 when all was said and done. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that just shows you the kind of sacrifice that women are willing to make. And, and it was painful. It was very painful for me to look back and say, wow, I really spent all that money to, to play. Um, you know, but that hasn't been my whole career. I've played in Texas quite a few times. And, and that season helped me to a, a good perspective that I love my family here in Texas. I love my football family here. Um, and that and what we have here um, is a very special thing that not a lot of people elsewhere um, may, may have. Um, and so it gave me good perspective. And I was able to, I've been able to stay in Texas since then. And I've spent a lot less. Uh, Than three thousand dollars. So um, mm-hmm. on average, I think a season has been maybe upwards of, of a few hundred um, between between gas and travel and um, and expenses. So not too bad.
3: So, don't speak too fast, so you know Rod is crazy. We uh, he's sending us all over the country these days. You know, we might wake up and have a game in Oregon next week. Messing around with him, <laughs> you know, he likes to wake up. <laughs> we got games all over the country. that's
1: not true I wouldn't do that to you Um, but you know like since we're talking about traveling around the country um, do you guys feel like Texas the women in Texas have what it takes to compete with the nation because when I say you know there are countless leagues in Texas you know if you have I would say offhand, we have at least 10 women's football teams in Texas. But I've probably seen three national championships at the 11 man level. You know, I've probably seen three of them, maybe four tops. Do you think the state itself has what it takes to compete on the national level or? is the fact that we have all, an enormous amount of teams hurting the growth of the game.
0: The division of all these teams and leagues and everything is hurting us. I thought at some point, you know, once I found out, well, actually, after I did the program with AFE Team USA, and I met so many women from different teams and areas and things like that and, and realizing, like, how much – women play football in general and all these facebook pages and things that i follow and i'm just like collectively we could do damage and there would probably be a a lot more endorsement support you know investors and everything but it's just like everything's all over the place we don't have like a set anything and we're we're all collectively we see the bigger picture we all want to get to the point of possibly getting paid one day but it's like well, they're going to have to pick and choose who they're even going to support because we're all over the place. But so you have, like, elite players here. You have select players over here. You have Hall of Fame players here. But if we all collectively mm-hmm. as a Texas unit simmer, simmer down to, like, three teams, well, okay, that's probably too low. But, like, at least to the lesser amount of teams, we would, we would really upset the world because Texas is bigger. And and there's a whole lot of quality
3: in Texas, which is from my understanding. Oh, man, yeah. Definitely a lot of quality in Texas too much definitely agree there's a lot of osmosis going on out here if we did get together, I don't think anybody would be able to mess with Texas. Texas has some of probably the best teams that I've seen around i mean you've got you've got the Dallas elite Spartans of the w n f c up in mm-hmm. Dallas then you've got the Arlington Impact who've been booming people for years at this point you've got the houston energy you've got the austin Mm -hmm. ravens you've got the legacy and even in the valley you know they they've got some real quality people down there too it's just a matter of us honestly really being able to just come together on some we're here to ball and we trying to do this for texas
2: yep yeah i agree um I think that Texas is more advanced, uh, quite frankly, than any of the other states when it comes to women's football. Um, I'm sure there would be plenty of other states that would disagree with that, but I don't say that lightly. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at the advancement of what has had seven-man football um, on a national stage that has done well and created a good product, eight-man football, which has done well even on a national stage and created a good product, and 11 man the only state that has produced all three products and done it well is that I, I would love for somebody to attest that fact because California hasn't done it. Florida hasn't done it. None of the other big States have done it. Um, and, um, and sustained it too. Um, for, for, uh, Texas to dominate in the eight realm, um, for so long, and build off of that and to have so many dominant 11-man teams as well um, and have a seven-man team um, in, in Austin. And at one point in time had an Austin and Dallas team in the LFL for two, two seven-man teams. Um, that just, it's just a testament to, to the type of um, athlete that exists in Texas and the type of momentum for women's football that's existed. So, yeah, I think Texas football women for women is elite. Um, that's even more indicated by the fact that even our flag teams Look at uh, Lights Out that just went on the national stage and won uh, the women's championship. Uh, shout out to Ingrid for being on that team.
1: Um,
2: yeah, on a national stage, won the world championship for women's flag football. Lights Out from Texas uh, on another realm. NFL uh, flag had the Texas Fury win the the championship nationally uh, from Austin, Texas. So. Women women's football in Texas, it's untouchable and absolutely I think as a collective could take on the rest of the country, no doubt.
1: My last question for you guys. Name your top three women's football athletes in the world.
0: Top three.
1: <laughs> top three.
3: <laughs>
0: Woman athletes.
2: Okay. All right.
0: Ooh, I'm tired. You back
2: also. I, oof. y'all want me to get mine? Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah you definitely. go
0: ahead. That that chills on my goddamn rod. You always gotta. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I'm gonna go from a biased perspective, or just what I'm gonna go, because it's too it's too hard. If you go off of pure talent, raw talent, you could come up with a list. If you go off of um. Pure just, you know, physical ability, you could have another list. I mean, it's so hard to come up with that list. Um, but I'm going to go from a cerebral persp- perspective. Uh, the types of athletes that I found are just on another level of understanding of the game. Um, and on top of that, can physically perform and have an ability to perform in multiple ways. Um, and so to go from that perspective um, I'm going to say that my number one is Jade Randall um, playing in the LFL. Um, she's playing on the flag circuit. So she's played flag um, after her LFL career. Um, she played, I think uh, middle school and high school ball in Texas as well. We um, can play all over the field. Um, one of the smartest athletes I've ever met looks at the game and looks at a playbook from a very different perspective. Um, I never even really got to play with her and I know that um, and that's, Obviously, a testament how much I admire her ability. Um, So she's number one. Number two, I would say, is Cassandra Bills. Um, And I'm just saying that because I'm hoping that she'll listen to this and it'll get her head big and she'll get a laugh out of that. Um, uh, But also because (laughs) Cassandra Bills uh, is on another freaking level. She really is. Um, since I've met her, I saw her play flag, um, and then she obviously came into playing seven-man. She's played eight-man. She's been on the national circuit for flag football, um, and she's just one of those players that has evolved over time um, from not really understanding what football is to really just diving into it from a very cerebral perspective um i think she has her doctorate too um jade jade is also just extremely cerebral type of person so that's why they're one and two on my list um and can play every type of position she's one of the best safeties i know one of the best receivers i know so um total utility player um and then my third i really want to give a tie but i can't um my third is joe overstreet um and Joe played, I think, tackle football earlier in life, but I don't think she's come back to it as an adult, which is a shame. Um, but she is one of the most crisp route runners I've ever seen. Um, uh, crazy abilities. To, she has more of the raw, raw ability and talent. Um, but she's, the, in my opinion, the, the best female wide receiver that there is and ever was and probably will ever will be. Um, but also another very cerebral player that puts everything into the game and understanding strategy, um, and how to get better every day. So those are my top three. Yep. Ingrid. I'm definitely going to have go. to
0: snatch that. I'm snatching that one. Joe, Joe Overstreet is number one. <laughs> with the To the point where I've seen somebody jump over somebody to get a ball and just her, she's versatile. She's just everywhere. And to the point where I actually had to, he actually guarded me at one flag game or whatever. Like We didn't play too much against each other, but just seeing her come out of nowhere, and I was like, wait, don't be sneaking up on me, Joe. Come on now. But, I mean, I can just tell she's a very passionate player, and, you know, she traveled all over the world playing football. She still prepares herself. She still works out. She trains. She's very inspiring with her football content and everything like that. So I respect her um, as a receiver um, so heartily So um, she's definitely number one. Uh, number two, I'm probably going to go to – Kendria Robinson. Uh, Kendria Robinson, honestly, like, just seeing her gameplay from the LFL to even full tackle in 11 – well, not 11-man, eight-man, she's a monster. Like, Kendria Kendria made a lot of upsets just being her size. And, you know, that that just gives me hope as a, you know, small receiver, even a small DB of somebody going out there. And, you know, size doesn't really matter. It's just about the heart. It's how you play you know, you play bigger than what you are. And that, that gave me, you know, confidence as a player, not even for myself, but even for other people that, you know, may not even be intimidated by me because they don't think I'm going to put my hands on them or, you know, possibly even hit them. And, you know, some people they're just like, you know, little people hit even harder. And she's the definition of the little people that hit even harder. So Kendra Robinson gets my utmost respect as a defensive player, first and foremost. So that's my second. Uh, Third, it was definitely, it was definitely hard to choose. It's between, it's literally between Val, but I I expect I expect from Val like to just go out there and do damage every time. Like for God's sake, she's Grim Reaper Val or Val the Reaper, whatever we give her the name. But Val is yeah, she's a monster. I just just to see how she gets up on the field. The fact that she could return the ball back down the field, like I, you just don't know what to expect from Val. It's just so freaking amazing to watch her gameplay I was like wow bro I can't believe she's on my team because I swear if I was on the other side of the ball I would run every time but was definitely between Val and it's between Val I was tied up between Val Cass or, or Leilani honestly like Leilani gives credit for me as well as a receiver she's another you know person that's short in stature and you know she's worked on developing her skill I've seen her play against dudes and make dudes look bad like Leilani is a monster when it comes to actually having a receiver that's running different routes, that stems her route, that literally can be a playmaker on her own by herself most of the time. And even for Cass too. So it, it's really hard for me to create that list, but honestly, just playing with them against them, they have literally made me better as a player. So that's my list. I'm I'm
3: done. <laughs> oh, child. Um, uh, I don't have them in necessarily in any order because I love everybody equally. But I will say this: um, my favorite football players are the Bird Gang, Gang Gang. But if Dang. I had to choose, <laughs> that was I a safe little choose. thing there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if I had to choose, I'm gonna tell you right now, number one, hands down, I love to watch Val play, and it's it's just it's amazing every time. And I've been playing with Val for like. Six seven years at this point, and she never ceases to amaze me. Between literally, I can recall a game where she punted the ball all the way down the field, ran all the way down the field, smacked the girl with the ball, took the ball, and then returned it. Like who does that? Val, Val, oh, yeah. <laughs> Val. <Okay. laughs> who record, does I'm that? Only oh, her.
1: And who's number two?
3: What um uh, I love me some Ogum Chichindu and I don't care what nobody else say, that girl be hitting when she was playing. I like I just love to watch her hit people. I just thought it was amazing. Like I didn't care what she did, I was there because she was knocking the shit out of people, honestly. That's really why I love her. And then my number three I don't even know, like let's see. I love I love honestly between like Bills and Leilani and even, you know, I really I really love Mandy Pena, too. She her work ethic, it does something for me. Her positivity and her energy is like everything. Oh, you know what? No, baby J, Janisha Pipkin. She's my number three. She's a feisty little something too. I've played with her for a few years as well and I've played with her on defense and she will hit the mess out of somebody like Ingrid said, big things come in small packages. She's mm-hmm. definitely not afraid to hit nobody, whether she has the ball or not. she's also she's very fast and her IQ is unbelievable. And believe it or not, one year we were playing I want to say she played like quarterback or something or at least a couple games when we're playing 11-man on the power. So she's definitely one of my one of my favorites. And then, of course, I love Michelle and Ingrid, too. You guys hey, are just hey, amazing. hey, hey.
1: We said three. Hey, we said three. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my three. But my three, I'm going to use it different because, you know, last week I gave five. But my three, I'm going to narrow it down to quarterbacks. And the top three quarterbacks that I've ever seen play this game would be in this order, Ashley Salerno being number one, uh, to Shea Winfrey or KK Matheny. Those three okay.
0: are definitely
1: the top three quarterbacks that I've ever seen play, ever seen spin this ball, spin a spin football, uh, but Are you going to give number four have, to
2: Dakota?
1: Um, actually, I'm not going to give number four to Dakota because, uh, she gets rattled too easily for me. Um, okay. You know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be transparent about it when I say it, and I say that because I've coached personally against all three of them, and uh, some of the things that I saw in the game that KK did, I never thought she would be able to do. Uh, Salerno was definitely the most athletic person, and. You know, for Tashay, I just think that, you know, I'm comfortable with her. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm confident in her ability. But that right there ends our show. Uh, You guys can tune in on Sunday, next Sunday, to listen to episode number three. Uh, You know, we'll have some good things for you guys. But more importantly, I appreciate you ladies and what you do for the sport of women's football. And I appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you. And you guys have a good evening.
0: No problem. Thank, Thank you.
1: Too. Thank you guys for tuning in to the chop shop. You guys can tune in on Thursdays and Sundays for new episodes. You guys can also go follow IWFA football uh, for more information. Hey man, again, we appreciate you tuning in to the chop shop and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you